Hello, and welcome to today's installment of Concrete Credentials. I'm Greg Lewis, Executive Vice President with the National ReadyMix Concrete Association, and our guest today is Mike Wilson. Mike received his BA in economics from Western Kentucky University and currently serves as the Director of Facilities for Warren County Public Schools in Warren County, Kentucky. If you're not familiar with what's been happening over the past eight years or so in Warren County, we think today's podcast will be a real eye-opener. Prior to serving as the Director of Facilities, Mike served as both the Board Chair and Vice Chair for the Warren County Board of Education. He was also the chair of the building committee responsible for planning future schools and their construction in the district. Beginning way back in 2004, Mike volunteered as well for the Bowling Green Warren County Community Education Board. And finally, and most importantly, Mike's kids also attend the Warren County schools. Mike, welcome to Concrete Credentials. Hello, Greg. Thanks for having us uh, on your podcast today. We're really excited to be here. Well, we've got a, a great episode for our listeners. The story that we'll get to tell today, I think, is going to maybe surprise some of our listeners. But at the end of the day, I'm hoping that we're going to walk through the history of your work in Warren County with schools construction that you've been involved with. And I think the best place to start our conversation is with your work on the school board in Warren County and the capital spending plan that was on your agenda at that time. What can you tell us about that sort of beginning efforts in the Warren County Schools District? Well, for us here in Warren County Schools, we're located in Bowling Green, Kentucky. We're about 60 miles north of Nashville, Tennessee, and about 90 miles south of Louisville, Kentucky, right on I-65. So give uh, people an idea of where we're located. We are a growth district and have been for probably the last 15 to 20 years, meaning we grow each and every year as student population more than we had the year before. And so as a growth district, that presents a lot of great opportunities for the district, but also presents a lot of challenges, and space is one of them. So we're constantly looking at how we can either renovate existing buildings or, in many times the cases, build brand new structure. So in the state of Kentucky, the state legislature has it set up where school boards, school districts have two sets of funds. They have general fund dollars and construction fund dollars. And exactly as the the name suggests, construction fund dollars are to be used for only that one purpose, the construction and building schools, and then everything else comes out of general fund dollars. So for us in our district, uh, we've been very fortunate because our community and here in Bowling Green and Warren County has been growing. Property values continue to increase. We're a very financially sound school district because of that growth, and that goes hand-in-hand with the, with the need to, to build more schools. So we are constantly looking at opportunities to purchase land and then construct those buildings that go on that land to help meet the needs of the students here in our district. So this is something that happens, obviously, in in school districts all across the country, right? And so your school district, like others around the U.S., you all were working to address a need for new space and new facilities, as you laid out. You had a budget, right, for this first project? We did, and for the first ICF school in our district, and I believe is the first ICF constructed the elementary school in the nation, it was uh, Alberton Elementary School. Alberton was an existing school. It was actually a former high school back decades ago and had been converted over to an elementary school. And the building itself, not only was it too small, it was just outdated. It was in need of uh, many repairs, and the, the cost to repair and remediate were almost going to be as much as a brand-new structure. So we elected to build a new Alberton Elementary School and uh, put it on the same site adjacent to the, the old school, and then it was torn down uh, when the new school was constructed. And this has been probably 15 years or so ago now, so I'm going from memory. But I, I want to say the budget at that time for that school was right around 
18 to 20 million dollars for that school. There were some concerns there, I know, because when we talked about this in the past, you were mentioning the first parts of the conversation about building a new school building. The issues that came up revolved around the weather conditions there in your part of the country. I don't know as though folks who aren't familiar with that part of Kentucky, if they'll know this, but tell us about the situation you were planning for when considering new school construction as it relates to safety. So with from the safety aspect, as I mentioned earlier, our, our geographic location, we can get extremes in either direction. We can get you know, 110-degree weather. We typically have, ha- have high humidity, or we can have you know, sub-zero freezing temperatures. We don't get a whole lot of snow, but it seems like when we get it, we get a lot of snow. For us, You know, five or six inches is a lot of snow in a hilly um, rural areas that we service. So, But on top of that, we also have weather extremes, especially in the spring and fall when the tra- seasons transition for severe weather. We have tornadoes. We can have straight-line winds that can cause a lot of damage. And I was actually reading an article not too long ago that had suggested that the quote-unquote tornado alley, which was traditionally or historically in the Midwest, has shifted east so that the new tornado alley might be considered Missouri, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee. And so we've seen our, our fair share of severe tornadoes. I know Nashville, Tennessee, downtown Nashville, Tennessee, was hit several years ago, a direct hit downtown, and that's only you know like 45 minutes from my house. So we've had tornadoes here in our area in south-central Kentucky. And one of the things, one of the hallmarks for Warren County Schools is that we have three priorities. And the number one priority is student safety. And that's first and foremost after everything. And, and next, the student achievement and then student opportunities. But you can't provide those opportunities and, and students have a difficult time to achieve, make have those achievements if they're not safe uh, there in their schools and their buildings. And, and we want our students to be safe and feel safe. And we also want our staff to feel safe as well. When they go into that building each and every day, that's their workplace, that's their office. And for them to do their very best to help our students, we want them to feel like they're in the safest possible position to do their job. So safety is certainly a consideration in everything that we do. So being located in Tornado Alley, Warren County Schools obviously had to address that safety concern in terms of the way those schools are going to be built. Your own children are in the school system as well, so this actually is a very personal concern for you as it would be for any parent. How did that conversation in the planning stages of the first school building there that you were involved in ultimately lead you in terms of how that building was going to be constructed? Well, as I mentioned, safety is always a consideration for us in this district, and we felt like the schools that we had built prior to Alton were safely constructed, sound buildings. You know, we follow the Kentucky Department of Education guidelines on construction, and we work very closely with our architects and engineers. But we're always looking for new ways, new processes in which we can build and be even safer in the buildings that we do build. And so when ICF was presented to us as an option, one of the positive aspects of it was that ICF constructed a building could withstand winds of up to 250 miles an hour. So obviously that was something that was positive that we were interested in and wanted to know more about. So how was that product, insulated concrete forms, presented? Ultimately, where did you come across ICFs as an option? So as a board member, I can remember the conversation. Our superintendent at that time, Mr. Dale Brown, he brought that to us as board members, this new construction process, if you want to call it that, the insulated concrete forms. Of course, as board members, we're in charge of oversight of the district, and we're not involved in day-to-day activities. So none of us, five board members, had construction backgrounds, weren't familiar with what ICF was or what it meant. 
So at the time, our uh, central office uh, team that was involved in uh, construction had worked with our architects and also had worked with Mr. Martin Clark in New Dura. And they had talked about the concept of building an elementary school or building a school out of uh, ICF construction. And so that was something that uh, intrigued us um, as a board. Uh, we liked the uh, safety advantages. We liked the uh, that were presented. We liked the uh, energy savings that uh, were presented. Uh, there were a number of uh, factors that ICF construction brought to us, and so we were interested to see if it made financial sense, if it made economic sense, if it made sense in the fact of you know construction timelines, things like that. We certainly, as I mentioned, we're a growth district. We certainly didn't want to do anything that would slow down the building process. So it would have to be at least as good as what we were doing with traditional construction. I say safety is first and foremost, but, you know, we have to take everything into consideration. Economic considerations are a consideration as well. But those different aspects of using ICF construction were really intriguing to us as a board, and we wanted to know more about it. So you looked at that as an option, insulated concrete forms, and ultimately the decision was made to move forward with that. Was there an architecture firm already involved, or did you have to put this out for an RFP or request for qualifications? So the board ultimately did decide to pursue that option, but it wasn't without some reservations. I distinctly remember the conversation was when it was presented to us was that we said, okay, this sounds interesting. Are there any ICF constructed schools in Kentucky? And uh, the answer was no. And we said, okay, well, is there, are, any, are there any RICF-constructed schools in the country that maybe we could send, you know, some of our team to go look at? And so the next board meeting, they got back with us and said, well, there are no RICF-constructed public schools in the United States. But what Mr. Clark in New Jira was aware of, there was a, I believe it was a private school being constructed. I want to say it was in Missouri. I may be wrong. But it was a private school that was either a, a brand-new school or an addition to using ICF. So we sent our team that was involved in construction to that school to get a first-hand look, to see for themselves, to ask some questions. And uh, they ultimately decided that it was uh, satisfactory from their point of view, and they came back and made the recommendation to us board members that ICF would be something we want to consider. And so as far as the design contract, we have worked with architectural firm out of Lexington. We actually have offices in Louisville, Kentucky, and Lexington, uh, Sherman Carter Barnhart. And they've been the district architects for probably 20 years now, give or take. And they were, we always put out RFP, but we've, we have a track, a proven track record with them. And they were the architect of record when we built Alberton. And so we relied heavily upon you know, their input uh, as far as whether or not we should go with ICF and if, if it would make sense for Warren County Public School. Did they have any experience with ICF as a design firm? Well, that's an interesting thing uh, themselves. To my knowledge, they had no prior experience with it, so they had to be kind of educated on what ICF. I'm sure they were familiar with the concept, but never as far as any buildings that they had designed for us, certainly, and most likely for no one else. And so when we asked the superintendent and the central office staff to look at this, we're also asking our architectural firm to look into it as well. And we were really not only our internal staff, but also relying on the expertise of the architect firm because we did, you know, place a lot of trust in them. They built schools for us before. And had they come back and had reservations, that would have probably weighed, you know, heavily on our decision whether we would have gone forward or not. So ultimately we did, but initially they had no prior experience with ICF as far as I'm aware of. Were there challenges, Mike, associated with their coming up to speed with the system or did that, at least from where you sat, appear to be a seamless process? 
Well, I would say the answer to that was probably yes to both. I'm sure there were some challenges, but <laughs> the board the board is the owner, right? So, you know, the owner typically gets what the owner typically wants. So I'm sure they had some reservations because it was going to change the way they designed the building. I mean, they have done right. traditional construction for years, and now we're asking them to do something totally different. So that meant they were going to have to change the way they did their process for us in designing a building. And I'm sure they had a business decision themselves to make. Is this something that we're going to have to do a one-off every time we build a school for Warren County Schools? Or is this something that we can incorporate in, in our design as we go forward with other customers? So there, you know, I'm sure there were business decisions they had to make on their end as well. But once we had the questions answered that the, we board members had, we felt like uh, we were confident in the fact that we wanted to go forward with that ICF construction on this next school building, which was Alberton, and we wanted to make sure we had every, everyone on board. So I'm sure we probably, as a board, put some pressure on them to maybe you know look at things differently. But I think, you know, just like we do the same thing with our students, we ask them to have some growing pains sometimes to, to trust us. We're trying to teach them and educate them. And, and I think our architects were, you know, they were on board with it. They understood what our, our board wanted, and they did their best to accommodate our request. And I think the dividends have paid off for them as well. Well, honestly, it's to their credit, right, that they went with this and they embraced it ultimately. And as it turns out today, many years later, they've really established themselves as a leader designing buildings with concrete and insulated concrete forms. I'm curious, Mike, on this project, you know, we talked about safety a little bit, and that was obviously part of the goal here with this new building, that it be a safe structure for the students and staff. But the energy efficiency part of the story, right, also obviously came into the picture, and you made a distinction between capital funds and operating funds. How did the idea that this was going to be a truly remarkable energy-efficient structure come to everyone's attention in this process? Well, that was one of the primary considerations for us. Warren County Public Schools has long been a leader in energy efficiency in K-12 schools in Kentucky. And we've uh, certainly prided ourselves on that, but we take pride in, in being energy efficient and now the most energy efficient school district in the state of Kentucky. And of course, we're pleased with accolades that go along with that, but really more importantly are the economic cost of it. So we understand that once you build, you build a school one time, and then after that, you have to heat it, cool it, light it for 30, 40, 50 years or more. So I know a lot of school districts, just because of economic considerations, they kind of, I don't want to say cut corners, but Maybe they don't make some decisions that would help pay off in the long run. We believe, and I always felt like as a school board member, a lot of school board members think that you have to do everything on the low bid. Well, you have to do on low bid or best value. And I've always been a best value kind of guy. And as you mentioned, I'm an economics major uh, at Western Kentucky University. And so I always took the long-term perspective. The decisions that I made as a board member, the ramifications were going to be felt long after I left the board. And so I wanted to make sure that we as board members are good stewards of taxpayer dollars. And so I felt like everything that we could do that saves money is going to impact not only our students, but also our larger community with taxpayers. And we know as a district that the number one expenditure that we have is salaries. That's teacher salaries. That's bus driver salaries. Those are pretty much fixed costs. We have to have that staff on, on hand to be able to deliver instruction and provide services. Well, the second largest expenditure we have are our utility bills. So every dime that we can save on our utility costs goes right back into the first. And, and that also provides not just salaries, but it provides uh, new buses, that provides computers, that's textbooks. And so energy savings is one way that we can control. That's one thing we do have control over. And so if we're good stewards of that, 
that will go right back into the general fund for other purposes that are very much needed. So energy efficiency has, has been one of the primary goals that we've had historically. It's one thing to have energy efficiency as a goal, right? And then the only way I can think to characterize what you managed to accomplish with Richardsville Elementary was that y'all really hit it out of the park. I remember a while ago talking with Jay Wilson, no relation to you as I understand it, but Jay told a story uh, that I thought was pretty compelling about the energy use and utility expenses there at Richardsville Elementary. Can you relate that story for our audience? Uh, Certainly. uh, Quite probably don't tell it as well as Jay does. Jay was our former energy manager, and he has since retired. But as, I, as we've mentioned, Alberton Elementary was the nation's first ICF-constructed uh, school building. And then on the heels of that, probably five or six years later, we had the nation's first net zero energy school, and that was Richardsville Elementary School. It was also constructed out of ICF construction processes. And that school uh, is net zero. It has solar panels on top of the school, and then there's a separate uh, solar array in the parking lot. We actually generate more energy and sell it back to our energy provider than the building uses. So actually, net zero is not even a proper term. It's actually a net negative to the point where each uh, school or each year, we get a check back from our local utility company giving us money. So we pay no money for the utilities in that building, and we actually get a check back above and beyond that, which goes to help pay for the solar panels that are on top of the building. So, you know, every homeowner understands what the utility bill means when it comes in. So if you can imagine each month not getting a utility bill, and then, oh, by the way, by year's end, you get a check that the utility company says, hey, thanks for generating energy that we can sell to other customers. That's a huge win for anybody, but especially for a school district. Yeah, for sure. And then ultimately, as you pointed out, you ended up with this better than net zero school in Warren County. And the rest of the country now, everywhere that we go and talk to building project stakeholders, particularly schools, but other building types as well, they want to talk about net zero, net zero energy buildings. And and you guys were the first school district in the country to accomplish that and then some, which is, I think, just a remarkable story. And now with the rest of the country playing catch up. And maybe you don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway, how many schools have been designed since Richardsville there in Warren County that you are aware of that are either expected to meet or exceed the same zero energy standard? Okay, so at the time Richardsville Elementary was built, we also had another school that was being built. And all three of these schools were, as I mentioned, former high schools in our district that had been long ago converted over to elementary schools. And so we built brand new structures and tore down the older structures. So Richardsville was built and Bristow Elementary, they were built concurrently. So we have those two. And then after that, we have Jody Richards Elementary. Jennings Creek Elementary, and then we have a high school and middle school that are also built, South Warren High School and South Warren Middle School. So Richardsville Elementary was the nation's first net zero school, and since then we have Jennings Creek Elementary is also a net zero energy school. But all of those schools that I mentioned, even Alberton, are net zero ready, which means all that it requires, we build them so that they can be net zero energy schools. All we have to do is put the solar panels on them. Now, the cost of solar panels have come down since we built Richardsville, but there's still a large expenditure for our district. So where, as we can, we do put those solar panels on there and um, make those net zero. But we have two net zero energy schools and then four net zero ready schools. And we're also building a new school right now, Cumberland Trace Elementary School. It's under construction, should open next school year. It will be net zero ready at least. It may be net zero if we put solar panels on that one. 
Uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I think you might have, as a school official and now as a facilities director, oversight of more net zero and net zero ready schools than any school district in the country. And your leadership on that as part of a team of people that move the school district in that direction, I think is remarkable. And I applaud you for that. I'm curious You've had a lot of different roles to play over the years in helping to determine not only how buildings are designed and built and understanding and trying to adhere to budgetary concerns, and then ultimately in your current role on the operational side. What advice would you give at this point to a school board or a school district's building committee who are looking to invest in new school construction? Well, what I would say... And historically here with Warren County Public Schools, we've been, and you can use whatever term you want to use, an early adopter, progressive, forward-thinking, whatever you want to use. But we, we really do take a good hard look at not just what we've done historically and not even what we're doing today, but what can we do in the future. Yes, we've got those laurels of having the nation's first ICF-constructed school, the nation's first net zero energy school. But we're always looking to see what can we do better. Again, one, to be good stewards of taxpayers' dollars, but also what can we do to provide good learning environments for our students? And I know some people say, well, okay, energy efficiency, that's great. The ICF, that's great. But what's that really mean? Well, what that really means is we want to provide a great learning environment for our students. So when we say we're energy efficient, that doesn't mean that you know our students are cold in the winter and hot in the summer. That means that they're comfortable in both seasons. Uh, that means that you know, lights aren't turned off throughout the, the district when the lights are on when they're needed and they're off when they're not. So that's the, the primary aspect that I would tell any board to look at. What's best for your students? What's best for your staff that delivers services to those students? I've said it many times that if you were to have taken a map of the United States, you know, 15 years ago and said, okay, we're going to build the, the nation's first ICF constructed school or we're going to build the nation's first net zero energy school. I guarantee you, 100 people out of 100 would never pick Warren County schools. They would have picked some. They would have thought maybe like Massachusetts or California, something like that. But we were able to do it here in Warren County, Kentucky. And I would say, for the most part, if we can do it here in Warren County, you can do it anywhere in this nation. And I would challenge anyone to just take a chance on it. Obviously, as I mentioned, some school districts don't have the financial wherewithal to do something like that. But maybe they could do, instead of a brand new construction, maybe as they're doing additions to their school or renovation, maybe they would consider ICF for that. You know, we've done the same thing ourselves, not just new construction. We've had, matter of fact, we've got a, a practice gym going in a, a addition on a high school right now. It's being constructed with ICF. We've had three other schools that have had additions or renovations, and we've gone back with ICF construction. So, you know, in that way, maybe you could take baby steps and kind of prove it to yourself. But I would invite anyone, school board member, superintendent, whomever, architect, come see for yourself. We stood the test of time with ICF Construction, Alton Elementary. If I didn't tell you the age of the school, you would think it was a brand-new constructed school. It's, it's held up well, performed well, and I, I don't think there's any other proof other than just seeing it for yourself. Just like we did as a board, you know, we sent someone to look at a school that was being constructed by ICF. I would invite uh, anyone to do the same. We have several to choose from, so you could see one or all. But I would just say, just be open to the idea. And for school boards, I would even say this. Hold your architect's feet to the fire, if you want to put it that way, because there will be pushback. We had pushback. Even in our community, uh, I have friends that work for a local brick-and-block company. And when they found out where we were going to ICF, 
they weren't they weren't really happy with me. And I, I explained to them we're trying to do what's best for Warren County Schools and Warren County School students. And if we find out that it's not, then we'll certainly go back to the traditional construction. We would have no problem doing that. But that's my recommendation for school boards and superintendents is just take a, an honest look for what your community needs, what your students need, and then you know give us a call or. Um, to come see us, and we'd be glad to show you what ICS meant for Warren County Schools. Thanks for that. It's a great story, and I uh, enjoy hearing it. I've heard it before, and I thought it would be a good one to share with our Concrete Credentials audience today. So what I typically do, Mike, is give our guests an opportunity to pick one thing that they would like to leave our podcast audience with in terms of a message. I'm going to offer that to you as well if you want to bring sort of a closing argument, if you will, for this session. Well, I think I would just sum up uh, today's podcast with pretty much what I just said before. It's just take a good, uh, you know, wide-eyed approach to the construction in your particular district and, and be open to ICF. It may not be right for your particular community, for your particular project at this time, but maybe the next one it might make sense. But I really would encourage everyone to take an open, honest look at it and compare the pros and cons with the way that you've uh, historically built buildings in your district. And, and just see. And I know that now there are other net zero energy schools across the nation and there are other uh, ICF constructed schools across the nation. So Warren County Schools is more or less taking the hit for you. We're the guinea pigs, quote unquote. But I think we've got a positive story to tell and a successful story to tell. And we'd be glad to share it with anyone. It's a great one. And Mike, I really appreciate your joining us on today's podcast and sharing that. Well, thank you very much. We're very glad to work with your organization and anything we can do to help to, to get the word out and, and to share Warren County School stories, we'd be glad to do it. Wonderful. Thanks, Mike. We'd also like to take this opportunity to thank our Concrete Credentials podcast listeners. Please remember to subscribe to Concrete Credentials, which is available wherever you get your podcast. We also strongly encourage your participation in this important conversation. Please reach out to us with your thoughts and feedback, as well as your suggestions for future content by emailing concretecredentials at nrmca.org. See you in a couple of weeks.